We said at the outset that the military campaign to counter ISIL would take time and it will take time. And we should expect that there will be occasional setbacks along the way, particularly in the early stages. We also need to keep in mind that we are supporting and enabling this effort. Our partners, not us, are in the lead. It's taking a bit longer to get things done, but it must be this way if we are to achieve lasting and positive effects. General Austin, uh, when Senator Carter was here before this committee in July, he testified that there were only about 60 Syrian fighters that had been um, trained in our train and equip program and reinserted. Uh, we've, we've heard reports about the attacks on those individuals when they were reinserted back into Syria. Can you tell us what the total number of trained fighters remains? Uh, it's a small number, and uh, uh, the ones that are in the fight is, uh, is, is we're talking four, four or five. Um, is it still the goal to have about 12,000 of them there? Is that still the goal? What's the expectation then for them? Well, we certainly uh, won't, uh, at the pace we're going, we won't, uh, won't reach the, uh, the goal that we had uh, initially established for ourselves. But the, uh, the overall goal is to make sure that we have enough mass uh, to be able to get work done on the ground. And whether it's, uh, it's YPG elements or other elements that they're able to help us, uh, you know, we can still achieve and are achieving the same effects. It's not aspirational. We're actually doing this today. And I think that's, that's, uh, that's lost in a lot of people. James Corden has been panned for his quote-unquote horrific portrayal of a gay character in Netflix musical The Prom. The Gavin and Stacey star is part of a big-name cast in Ryan Murphy's adaptation of the Broadway show for TV, but has offended critics and viewers with his performance. He appears alongside Meryl Streep and Nicole Kidman in The Prom, a story of a group of has-been actors who visit a small town in Indiana to help a lesbian teen who has been banned from her prom. But despite Murphy's production getting mostly good reviews, Corden's turn as gay Broadway former star Barry Glickman is being torn apart for relying on dated stereotypes. Awards Watch founder Eric Anderson, who had enjoyed the rest of the prom, tweeted, The main and huge drawback is James Corden. His performance is gross and offensive, the worst gay face in a long, long time. It's horrifically bad. Variety's Matt Donnelly tweeted, Ryan Murphy delivers some of his most uncluttered, concise directing ever in the prom, and then gives James Corden a bullhorn to lisp through. Horrifying stereotypes abound. Quote, I'm as gay as a bucket of wigs among the gems. How? Why? Some of those who saw the film explained why they were offended by his performance, questioning the decision to cast a straight actor in the role of a gay man. At LJWR on Twitter says, James Corden proves that society has progressed past the need for straight actors to play LGBT plus roles. In the countless LGBT plus actors who could have had the role in the prom, his character doesn't feel like Corden is playing a gay man. It feels like he's mocking gay men. 
one viewer tweeted. We're smoking on, we're smoking on this James Corden pack. Today. We are smoking on this James Corden pack today. One viewer tweeted, James Corden, straight man, portraying a gay man like this just makes me 10,000% uncomfortable. Another viewer added, James Corden's performance is grossly inappropriate. It's not brave playing a gay man. In fact, you stole the role from a member of the LGBTQ community. However, some viewers stuck up for him, claiming he was just playing the character the way the show had written him. Mr. Bean on Twitter says the character, Barry, is supposed to be flamboyant, like he's a heavily a fate gay man in the Broadway show as well. This is from someone who's queer as well as a Broadway nerd. I know James Corden has his issues, but his character is a feat. It's how he's played. The prom... Yeah, leave it Leave it to Ryan Murphy to just have some of the most homophobic gay representation possible. What else? Oh, Glee. Oh, there you go. Glee, exactly. Glee and American Horror Story are his two major crimes against humanity. I watched um, the, uh, the first four episodes of Glee. It was just not good. Like, it wasn't good. It is a very, like, Obama-era show. In what sense? Well, the first episodes, I think, aired in 2009, and then they they stopped in 2015. So it's just sort of like a time capsule of, like, where American culture was at, which is... Also, it it was bad. It's fascinating to watch through that lens. Yeah, it was bad. Like, obviously, it was bad. Mm. But it was what was on. It was like it, it was, it was huge. You could not escape it when it was airing. Yeah, I remember that because like I just don't get it. Like, I know that there was like, there's always been since it sort of came out a sort of a cultural drive to auto tune. But like when you're seeing that on like T Pain or Travis Scott or whatever, it's always very intentionally there. Yeah. So you can hear it, or when you're hearing it on like Charlie Puth. It's very intentionally not there, so you can't hear it. But then Glee is a sort of uncanny valley, like, right in the middle, where you can hear its auto-tune, but it's very clearly not intended to be, like, the auto-tune is not intended to be uh, a sound on its own. Yeah, it's just... It makes me incredibly uncomfortable. it It is an interesting show to watch, like, because... There's so much talk of oh they're they're cutting budgets in, in schools because you know that was a sort of Obama slash Bush era thing right yeah it's it's a very like late two thousands early twenty tens show and I think if you suffer through you don't have to watch all of it but it's interesting to just view it as a sort of time capsule and not try to actually enjoy it I'm not watching anymore last I saw. Uh, the two, the dude, the teacher had taken them on. They'd done an inappropriate dance in front of the entire school. His wife was pretending to be pregnant. Uh, it's, they blackmailed a guy who had, who was like a nonce or something like that. I don't know. Yeah. Who also had incredibly effeminate gay stereotypes about him. So there you go. It's, it's an entirely unhinged show, but it's a, it's, it's a fun watch if you don't take it seriously. Mm. But yeah, uh, this is going to be your Juno for the week. This is what we're Woo-hoo! having to, to uh, tide you over until our... Are we going to do a... a I, we, we already kind of did a holiday episode. I don't really know what we would talk about for like an actual... But yeah, th- this is what we're giving we're giving you guys to tide you over until... I guess we could do a movie. Until Christmas. Oh, we could do a movie review. That's a great idea. So yeah, we might have that coming down the pipe. Um, but yeah, I think... We're just going to start off with, uh, you know, me making a plain statement of fact, which is that Andrew Yang is edging me. Um. And by that, I mean 
he keeps head faking towards running for mayor of New York. This is true. And, you know, it would be nice to see Bill de Bunglio completely owned. Well, he can't run again, though. I mean, it's it's who's going to replace yeah. him, so. It's, but with, 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 you know, Bill, Bill the Bungler, he, like, because he was endorsed by Bernie, wasn't he? He was, and he endorsed Bernie. Yeah, like, he was supposed to be this, like, progressive sweetheart for New York. And now he's just kind of universally hated because he's like, he just, like, his own daughter got arrested by the NYPD and he just did nothing. Like, because his daughter, I guess, was out during, like, a Black Lives Matter protest, I think in April. Yeah, I remember that. And she was arrested and he just did not do anything. Because the funniest thing. he's, He's the fucking mayor. He's the mayor. And the funniest thing, right, is that he makes all these overtures towards being friendly to cops right and which gets the left angry which gets the left angry but cops hate him like whenever there's a leak of some cop group chat all they talk about is assassinating bill de blasio and so it just it doesn't work and okay i'm gonna have to air like a legitimate grievance here two days ago i saw a news article where he was riding on the subway to prove that it was safe and i retweeted it with that a gif of obama drinking water and flint and it got like it got it performed decently for me it got like 10 likes uh and then the next day several larger accounts did the exact same thing and they had thousands of likes and i got so angry the way it goes i got so angry i mean it that's how the twitter algorithm is Mm -hmm. we need a we need equality when it comes to twitter likes. maybe i could like patent the tweet yeah um so yeah andrew yang please run for mayor get people that money andrew please please just just fire up the money printer a little bit just please we need it we fucking need it because the thing is is that every time he's put in a poll he pulls higher than everyone else yeah because who who doesn't like who doesn't like andrew yang Uh, like he he managed to capture the hearts of every slightly weird but also kind of apolitical 15-year-old, in at least in my social circle. Everyone was like, oh my god, guys, Yang Gang. Basically what Trump did in 2016. Yeah, he... I think if he were to... Yeah, if he were to run for mayor of New York or something like that and, you know, line himself up instead of just being sort of a weird technocrat that ran in the primary, if he lands something like that, he can maybe do something from there. I don't know. Might be nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sure. He's no. He's no Bernie, but UBI is a fundamentally good thing. Even if, you know, if you institute it along with things like rent control. Yeah. Not not to go not to go full sock dam on here, but like you know, it's it's a good thing to have. I sort of like yeah. UBI on its own causes inflation. We tried it here. It doesn't really work. But if you if you put it in an, as like part of a package, it can it, it can do well. And and either way, like. Given the choice between getting a thousand dollars a month and not getting a thousand dollars a month, I'm gonna take the thousand dollars a month. Exactly. Yeah. Um. Dang. So yeah, Andrew Yang announced, please, 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 just, just do it. Because he's got to see those polls, and like before, he's he said that, you know, oh well, I don't want to do it because I want to get a federal role, but now it's pretty clear that Joe Biden is not putting Yang on the cabinet. No. Um. That that ship has well that ship has sailed about a month ago. Yeah, and you know, 
last night or yesterday, uh, his organization, Humanity Forward, was like, big announcement, 5 p.m. EST. And I was like, oh, and I was pogging pretty hard. And then their big announcement was just that they were updating their website for 2021. So when they set their banners for their, their Twitter banner to 2021 and they said one of her biggest announcements ever at 5 p.m., uh, that just, it wasn't Yang running for mayor. And that was pretty sad. Pretty brutal. Probably the low point of both of our days. Yesterday? Anyway. Maybe. Yeah, anyways. Uh, yeah, well, I think we, we're we going to get into this later, but uh, a bomb has dropped that has um, shattered Malcolm, I think, about to his core. And we'll talk about this later. I but, am... You know the, like, tired Wojak that's all, like, shaded yeah. in black? That's me. Just fully black-pilled. Yeah. Can't have shit in can't have Western liberal anywhere. democracies. In, in, in any... You can't... You can't have anything. Yeah. No <laughs> exceptions. Yeah. But I think um, at this point we want to just get in and talk about Biden's cabinet. We're going to, you know, open up his cabinet. And we're going to see, you know, poke past the Adderall and Vivance and Jenny's Splendid Ice Cream. And we're just going to see, like, who else he's got in there. So <laughs> I, I think... You know, I, I, figure, I, I figure there's a way to sort of connect people being in his cabinet to some joke about stuffing Pete Buttigieg in a locker. I just can't figure it out. I think it also might carry some connotations that, like, if it was a joke you made, it would be a lot funnier and more acceptable than a joke that I made. True. About Pete Buttigieg. I could call Pete Buttigieg a whole host of slurs, and nobody could do anything about it. And the fact that I'm not doing it shows my power. That's incredible self-restraint. That said... Pete Buttigieg is confirmed Harry Potter gay. Um, and... Ooh. Ooh. I just gotta say, as as somebody who is not a Harry Potter gay, it's a bad luck to be a Harry Potter gay. You know? Like, I figure Pete Buttigieg, yeah. if he was our age, would still have Tumblr. Oh, for sure. Like, absolutely. What type of gay am I? Um, politics gay? I don't know. Yeah, but politics gays are all, like, Kamala people. I guess I could be a politics gay. I guess you're I'm just, just a left you're, gay. You're just a communist. Yeah. <laughs> I guess so. Um, I saw <laughs> this great picture that was, like, some old dude, like, dressed in all, like, green and beige, wearing a cap on a subway, sitting next to somebody in a Hakune Mitsu cosplay, and it's, like, the two types of communist. Yeah. Um... You've you've got your like you you've got your Ashley Coffin communist and you've got your Slavoj Shishek communist. Yeah. Um And you know what? That's how it should be. Well, you know, that's, I'm actually that, that's that's called dialectics. It's baby. dialectics. You know, I'm actually a, a a doctor. Really? What what's your doctorate in? My doctorate I got a an MD and a PhD. Uh and they're both one of them is about podcasting and one of them is podcasting medicine i see um did you did you sort of specialize like where does fire lord azula fit into all this oh she was the one who signed this the the right was she there was she there yeah she was there at your defense yeah so um mm. so it's sort of so what you say it's certified by the fire nation yeah yeah yeah. uh so i i i'm a doctor um twice over so jill biden yeah Eat shit. So does that mean you does that mean you can donate 
your one of your doctorates to Jill so that she can now call herself Doctor Jill Biden. Yes. What a what a horseshit media circus that was. Oh my, that pissed me off so much. Okay, okay, so yes, it was a bad article, right? That said, everyone getting like pretending to be offended about it, really annoying. And the people who are like, well, you should put your qualifications in your Twitter handle. Evil, genuinely evil. That is. Well, I mean, I have my qualifications in my Twitter handle. I am actually a CIA asset. Yeah. Um, well, so you, I, I think you saw what I did. I just, I, it, I put my yeah, PhD and my MD in there. It's good. It's good that I got ahead of the curve on that one. But I think if someone puts like a, the, their credentials in their Twitter handle, yeah, absolute psycho. Mm-hmm. Do not trust them at all. Sixty to seventy percent chance they're like a bad person. They are. They are a Fed, or they are. I can't say any of this on the pod. <laughs> they yeah. really, really love their ice cream. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Uh, um, but no, I think, I think, yeah, no, you're right. And I think that it's also just, like, people can have value to society. Like, as nitpicky and, like, idpole as this sounds, people can have, val- like, value to society if they don't have a university degree. And, like, sort of pushing people apart or, or like trying to meritocratize Twitter is just weird. Because, like, Twitter is a place where uh, somebody with the handle, you know, Hatsune Miku Poop 69 can, like, absolutely own a sitting senator. And so, if you're like, oh, but you're not Dr. Hatsune Miku Poop 69, so you can't say shit. Like, I just... I, I, and I, I just feel like it's kind of classist. It's just typical liberal stuff. Yeah. I mean, look, if you can't afford to pay $400,000 to get doctor in front of your name, then why should I value your opinion? Yeah. Um, I think at this point we, we're going to want to get into Biden's cabinet pick. Yeah, not um, not Jill, although she probably had a lot to do with it. We're... Yeah. As far as we know, not say group, but that's possible that they had that that nice man from the intelligence agency, uh, Pete Buttigieg, has been picked as transport secretary. Now, and this this baffled both of us. But we we realized, yeah, we realized that. Okay, so he worked in naval intelligence in Afghanistan, which is a a very landlocked country. He must know a thing or two about transportation if he can get boats that like into afghanistan for him to do intelligence on yeah and so that's what declan thought and you know i thought well if you think about it right like yeah okay there's training but you also have to take lived experience into into account i'm like yeah okay he was from like the third largest city in indiana i mean he's not gonna have many buses or subways there but then i thought well you know where the best place to find a rat is it's on a bus or in a subway station so if he's a rat, so, then he's probably so, spent a, rats so, spend a lot of time on buses and subways. So he actually probably knows plenty. So he has the lived experience necessary for the job. Exactly, and you know he. You know what? I'm on board. I'm on board. Judge 2024. Okay, but like unironically though, what what qualifications does this man have? Uh, he's very good at tactically ascertaining uh, that there's a an IED in front of him. <laughs> Which, I guess you want in your transport secretary. I, I, this, I don't know where I was going. With this, I could not, 
I could not imagine why he's getting picked for transport secretary. Well, he wanted he wanted he wanted, he wanted defense. He wanted or he no, he wanted China. He wanted the VP. Well, he wanted the VP. Yeah, yeah. He wanted to be ambassador to China, which I would look. I know I say this a lot. I need that sitcom. Yeah. Who who, who do you think could play a very good P. Buttigieg? Oh, oh, you gotta and he get. He goes to China. He goes to China, and he is just fucking up. Like, who's the guy who plays who's the guy who plays the uh uh the one who's the guy who plays cam on modern family (laughs) (laughs) i'm just picturing him with like the because they'd have to do some sort of prosthetics to really get like the rat face going yeah like you know how in any like tv portrayal of trump like or in the in the comey rule or whatever they had those like weird prosthetics just so that they could get trump's face right Mm -hmm. on the actors because no one looks like donald trump and i think you could maybe you know if you were willing to extend job offers to some of the other you know slightly moist uh young democrats i think you could you could have like a convince you know dyed joe kennedy's infernal red hair Diet Black, and he could maybe pull off a convincing Buttigieg, but or like Beto. Beto would think, do. Yeah, Beto the, would the do a funny Cam, Pete Buttigieg. The guy who plays Cam from Modern Family, I think, could do a great job of playing a ambassador Buttigieg to China, who just goes around like fucking up in, in every possible way. Like he just he walks out of a meeting and realizes <laughs> the he, season like, finale. His, the season left finale his phone on the desk or something. Season finale: Pete Buttigieg versus Shan Weihua. <laughs> hmm, what slur will Shen Weihua call call this one? That you know what? I need that boxing match too. <laughs> that would be a good boxing um, match. But yeah, like seriously, transportation secretary with no like I guess it's just to give like for his resume so that he can run again in 2024 because you know, prospective employers really look at would look at a 4-year gap and you know kind of raise their eyebrow like we know his employment history up until now. Yeah. Well, but, I have to know, say, taking actually... Taking a four-year gap like that definitely raises some questions. Yeah. And what I want, just before we go back to that, what I want is I don't remember... I don't know if you remember when he tried to speak Norwegian Bokmal in uh, in Las Vegas, but I think it'd be funny if he got Norwegian ambassador just so he could go around and embarrass himself by, like, thinking he knows, Nor- like, Norwegian Bokmal and not. Yeah, just... just or, yeah, or, yeah, everyone around... So the, the, I'm actually going to write this screenplay now because this is now formulating in my head. He goes around and everyone is always constantly pretending that they know what he's talking about. Right. Or that he's like doing everything right. And he goes home and, it, it you know, America is like completely undermined. You know, actual election stealing is happening. Like everything that everything that the Republicans say the Democrats are trying to do. They're doing. Actually starts happening. Yeah. We could call the show something like um, "Spies Drit Dume Peter" or, or "Eat Shit Dumb Peter" in uh, in Norwegian. Yeah. Yeah, that would be so funny, and it could be like, so would you have it? Would it be like um, an Armando Anucci type of thing, or would it be like a more uh, gag think, of the week type of thing? I think Ianucci could do a very good job at writing like a big fuck-up that comes at the end of the season, but I feel like if we really want one day, <laughs> you know, if, I'm, if I'm trying to, like, cat, you know, if I'm really trying to cash this out and, uh, you know, diversify the Juno Beach portfolio, um, I think we're gonna need to just have it be a gag of the week, just so that we can, like, keep it running. <laughs> Aaron Sorkin. Just, like, rel- yeah, yeah, make, 
make the West Wing, but it's just Buttigieg fucking up in, in different foreign countries every season. Speed Street, do me piatto. That would be good. I think, I think if they put me in charge of writing the West Wing, um, society would be a lot more different. Mm. I've been I've been listening to uh, the West Wing thing a lot, which is a phenomenal podcast where they torture their their guests that they bring on by making them watch an episode of the West Wing. And then they talk about like politics as well as like the the episode that they watched. My and, favorite episode so yeah. of The West Wing is when the president has an opportunity to stay the execution of like a sixteen year old child, and he doesn't do it because the Republicans would be angry at him. That is, but that is like, and they have segments like West Wing Brain, where it's something from real life that is like just sounds like it was off the West Wing. Yeah. Anyway, it's a bit of a digression, but I think we need our like. Yeah, every single season he gets a different... It wouldn't even have to be him being ambassador. No, he could do it at home, too. I just would want... Like, maybe you could have season one be him as Treasury Secretary... Sorry, as Transportation Secretary. Because he's not qualified for that either. Right, and so he fucks up there. He gets sent... Yeah. Oh, 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 you know what? When the show gets cancelled, when the show gets cancelled, he throws his hat into the ring for the mayor... For the mayorship of South Bend. And that's the Pete Buttigieg origin story. Well, I think it would be funny. No, I think you have to have it start now. So, Pete Buttigieg has imposter syndrome wherever he goes, right? Because he deep down... But it's not imposter syndrome because he's right. Like, deep down, he knows. He knows that he is not qualified to... um, you know, be the 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 Secretary of Transportation, uh, Ambassador to China, Secretary of State, whatever he ends up. And he's always dreaming about getting his Ambassador to Norway uh, position, which is why the show could be called, you know, Speed Duma Pieter. And then, uh, you know, because he thinks he knows Norwegian, Bookmel. And then finally, like the last season, you have like one of those downer seasons at the end of it all, where he goes to Norway finally like he finally gets to sort of retire to norway and it just completely flops yeah and that then that whole season is like only funny like deeply ironically that's the season where you switch it over from sorkin to ayanucci right okay okay so we have like a gag of the week of him going around fucking up for however many seasons we get and then three when when we know that the show gets canceled we just go full Anucci and yeah, just make it like some story arc about how you know he he. There's like a mix up and there's a different Pete Buttigieg that he think and they both think they're ambassador and it like ends with them both showing up to the same conference. Sure, I was just thinking it would be four seasons row, so for the four years of an administration, right? And then it ends well, and it ends because you know Joe Biden retires and there's no way Kamala Harris beats. Whoever ends up running, Tucker Carlson. Yeah, Bernie Sanders. <laughs> Bernie Sanders, Republican Party. That'd be awesome. Hey, you know, uh, I I've seen some Twitter leftists Stop. advocating for making the <laughs> making Republican socialism a thing. Pain. Pain. I saw a tweet that was like, uh, "White settlers were working class, Indigenous people were bourgeois." That's. Like, somebody actually thought of that, and then they wrote it down, and they looked Whether at it, and they joking. thought, mm, this is a good idea, I should tweet this. Whether or not they're joking, it's just, like, such a... If it's a joke, it's a stupid joke. And if it's not, what the fuck is wrong with you? Yeah. 
Yeah. It's like the most basic, like I, you know, class reductionism, people make fun of that term a lot, but that is like a very, very, very narrow, literally you read a couple pages of capital yeah, and then read a history, a single history textbook. And you're like, oh yes, this is what happened. Mm -hmm. But so I think we're going to get now into the treasury secretary. Oh, hell yeah. A woman. And a woman by the name of Janet Yellen. Now, according to Newsweek, her reported nomination is being hailed on Wall Street and in Washington as generally positive. Woo so, you know, even just saying that, we, we don't really need to talk about her a whole lot more beyond that. I mean, she's a total deficit hawk, which, you know, this is just Obama to, this is the third Obama term. So, of course, they're going to have a deficit hawk. Yeah, like, to me, it just, it worries me. I think nobody sort of realizes how much of a failure the response to 2008 was. You know, it's it's pretty clear. Um, well, because things were already horrible, and then Barack Obama gets elected, and things continue to be horrible. Yeah, it wasn't like things got worse. Yeah, because you have to remember that um, the economy collapsed like while McCain and Obama were were campaigning. Um, but you know, in especially in America and Britain, more so even, um, the Great Depression, or at least the yeah, the Great Depression, sort of paved the way for the modern welfare state um you know because Which was then gutted it, it was then gutted over the next yeah like, well because like 60 years not so much in britain to an extent yes though um but like you know you you have these visionary leaders um like fdr uh and like clement attlee who's a personal hero of mine um you know fdr comes in right at the sort of height of the Great Depression, Atlee comes in uh, in the last few months of World War II, um, and they basically see their country as completely broke, their economy shattered, you know, uh, Britain had kind of recovered from the Great Depression, but obviously World War II put it back, um, and they both are rational people, so they think, well, we can't just go back to how we were before, right? And so they start laying the case. So, you know, Atlee creates the National Health Service. He nationalizes all these key industries. Um, he's somebody who George Orwell was a huge fan of, um, an English socialist. Uh, he's very pragmatic. And then, you know, FDR, you know, he gets his four freedoms. He, you know, does these public works projects, jobs guarantees, stuff like that. Um, and... You know, in a sense, in America, it was actually World War II that gutted that because they started working very closely with corporations, giving out, you know, low-interest loans, contracts, stuff like yeah. that. But um, I think it was Secretary of War Henry Stimson who said that, you know, if companies and government are going to cooperate uh, to their fullest extent during wartime, you better make it a profitable venture for them. Um, yeah. There's a there's a very interesting history. So yeah, anyways, that's kind of irrelevant. Not not to go World War II yeah. kid, but yeah. All I'm saying is that working. in the past, people have seen failures of capitalist economies and said, maybe we should try something else. Neither of them went far enough. I mean, obviously, Atlee wanted to go far enough, but he, he had different ideas about how to go far enough, and then it didn't. Um, because the election was stolen from him. Uh, and, you know, FDR... Very sad. Very sad. Very sad. Um... 
uh, FDR, you know, didn't go far enough. And we end up back where we started, and their response in 2008 is, again, to just reset. Bail out the banks, don't bail out the people, don't change any systems. In 2008, in the case of 2008, put literally one person in jail. Um, yeah. So I think all of anyone responsible for subprime mortgage for the subprime mortgage failure should be thoroughly parodied. Yep. But um, I feel like that's not a very hot take. Um, yeah, I mean, we're just getting Obama again. Yeah. And, you know, it's in the middle of an economic crisis. Except the difference between the- Joe Biden and Obama. I mean, obviously you could talk about the mental acuity of each man. Um, but the difference is that, A, the Joe Biden coalition is nowhere near as big as the Obama coalition, right? Like, you have to remember that Obama had a lot of goodwill from the left going in to the the Oval Office, right? He had promised to end the Iraq War. Um, and, yeah. oh, well. you know, he ran his whole hope and change thing. Um, no, he was... He, and you know, he was, he's he was an enchanting a, person. You know, I even find myself... He, he was a very interesting speaker he i guess all of the you know the joe kennedys and the beto o'rourke's and the and you know the even the buddha judge have been trying to capture that it was the 2004 dnc speech yeah that was what they've been trying to capture that magic for the last 16 years and it hasn't worked again because you know obama's a great speaker because he can say nothing and move people to tears the shape of our democracy nothing. is the issue which affects every other issue. Uh, let me be clear. I think, no, because the thing is, right, like, Obama just has this charisma. Like, I even find myself, you know, kind of liking the guy when I hear him talk, and then I think about it, like, after, and I'm like, what the hell? Yeah. Unless he's saying I mean, something, it's... like, truly insidious. Um, well, yeah, like how he, he was saying during the, remember the Wildcat NBA strikes? Oh my god. And how he said shut he, up and play. He said he said pretty much yes, you are in a better position of leverage when you are playing, when you're continuing to play and you know using that platform, I think was how he phrased it, using that platform to push for change. And then of course it Which, comes out, you know, 6 months later that he actually doesn't believe in black lives and sorry, defund the police. Well, why would he? Why would he? Of course not. But, yeah, so, I mean, look, there you go. Um, And so, yeah, I mean, you basically have Obama, but even less stable. Obama that won't even last. I don't don't think that... uh, I think that... There's not a fucking chance that whoever the Democrats nominate, whether whether we get another Biden presidency, because that would would be amazing. It's not going to happen. But I could go for eight years of Biden. You know, one of the, um, one of, I think, the better, uh, sort of Victorian era British prime ministers, um, was, oh, what was his name? Uh, William Gladstone. And he was 84 when he left office. He spent a lot of time in and out of office, because British prime ministers did back then. Um, and so, yeah, he was 84 when he left office. And so, uh, his nickname, people called him the G-O-M. And if you were one of his supporters, it meant the grand old man. And if you were one of his detractors, it meant God's only mistake. Which I think is pretty funny. I I think, but with with Biden, there's no fucking chance that... He's going to be 82. 
Yeah, and well, he, they're gonna lose in twenty twenty four, and yeah, we're gonna get Supreme Chancellor Carlson or like I, I don't even know. Maybe, Tom I mean, Cotton, Mike Pence. I think I think no Ted Cruz probably I would say has a very good shot. Ted Cruz might do it. Marco Rubio because might stage a comeback, or Cruz... even uh, the newest Bush, not uh, like George Bush the third. Uh, people right. are talking but about I, him. I think I think. I think the most I think it would honestly be Cruz at this point because he's managed to stay rel like he is just enough of a Trump Republican that he can get them whipped up again. Sure, he may, you know, not have the charisma of Trump. That man has no charisma. Oh look, can, a cow made of butter. He can he can go for those Trump voters in a way that I don't think the Democrats are gonna be able to respond to in twenty twenty four. This is true. I I think and he's he's been, you know, the the reactionary poster guy for the last i want to say year is when he sort of stepped up his twitter game yeah so i'm not well i mean his twitter game his twitter game before that was was pretty funny yeah do you remember the one specific incident of him on 9-11 liking uh incest porn yeah liking incest porn on 9-11 but like what i mean like he's really ramped up his sort of his posting yeah and you know railing against the the sort of progressive i guess the squad as they're called whatever whatever the whatever the name for that group of you know fundamentally good people who are in the process of getting all their values destroyed by the democratic party apparatus railing against those people railing against you know socialism and I think he has a very solid shot at the 2024 republic he could he doesn't as pull does, well in prospective matchups but he could as that does doesn't Donald matter Trump. Now. I think a, a a Trump 2024 run would be very funny. I don't think he's going to be able to do it. But I real I want that. So I want bad. it, but he wouldn't win. But I think that's in the same realm of wanting as like want having wanted the Suns debate. Yeah, you don't expect like, it, but you it want it. It would be so funny if it happened. It would be but hilarious. It will never, it will never happen. Yeah. Um. I think. Uh, yeah, because like so. Here's here's my take on it obviously the primary the front runner is going to be kamala harris like obviously yeah um joe biden's not going to run again because there's no way he's going to g-o-m that one because he'll be he'll be almost he'll be 86 in 2024 yeah um and even further we'll, we'll get a lot more of him saying shit like i'm the only white boy you know who did it <laughs> which is the single funny i just I was trying desperately to find that that audio today, and I was trying to find the timestamp where he says it, but I couldn't do it, and I was so disappointed because I want more than anything else to hear Joe Biden say pretty much, I'm the craziest white boy of all time, <laughs> yeah. which I think might earn him a spot on my, my top 10 craziest white boys of all time. Wow. Um, with the, the two dudes from MGMT are probably at the top. Okay. Whatever the hell they were doing in, in 2007 that made them make that album. Oh, man. Fair enough. But yeah, so I um, so here's my take. So Kamala Harris will inevitably get faced by a, a, lef- a challenger from her left and probably a small challenger from her right. Um, yeah. So assuming the challenger to her left is not Elizabeth Warren, um, assuming it's somebody like AOC who was actually gearing up for a 2028 run, last I heard, but it could be. There are sort of two possibilities I see, which is A, Kamala wins, and B, Kamala loses. 
to AOC. I'm just assuming it's going to be AOC, right? It could be anyone. Yeah, we'll have AOC as the placeholder for the kind of for the ideology of this. Yeah. This hypothetical runner. If and like, it's also very hard to think of other people that are that you know on that sort of left in the Democratic Party. That Rashida, but she's not as popular. Yeah. Um, might maybe one of the newcomers like Cory Bush. I they don't would know. just they would just Jeremy Corbyn the shit out of her. Yeah. With, well, but so I, so yeah. I mean, okay. So assuming AOC wins, I'll give some goodwill to the Democratic Party and say they'll actually try not to lose the election. But I mean, they might because the labor did it. Um. But like, let's just assume they won't. So you either have Kamala winning, and she will completely eat shit in the general to whoever the Republicans put. Because the Republicans are poised to take back the House in the midterms. Ted, Ted They're poised Cruz. to keep the Senate or take it back in the midterms. Yeah. They'll have the Supreme Court. They have they, the Supreme Court for they decades. They have what they need. Because like it or not, there's no way Biden's going to pack the Supreme Court, even if he somehow manages to win both those seats in Georgia. Um, yeah. Or AOC wins. And AOC wins a general. Because AOC speaks to the working class in a way that... Uh, Kamala can't in a way that Joe I, Biden I think, can't. But I think AOC I think that I don't think you're giving the Republicans enough credit for them to run attack ads against Okay, maybe like, AOC not, wouldn't to, win because Ulu's scary to socialist. Mount, yeah, to mount a campaign against a challenger I think you're underestimating how well the Republicans can do that. Yeah. But at the end of the day even if you have a progressive in the presidency you have the Republicans who will likely control one of the, either, you know, the Senate or mm -hmm. the House. And that's all the other Democrats need to go throw their hands up and say, oh, well, we tried. Yeah, no, I know. I'm just saying that, like, a moderate eats shit or a progressive wins. Yeah. And so I think that it's just, it's inevitable. I mean, yada, 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 bend the knee, whether they do it now or in 20 years. It's going to happen. Um, and things will get worse until it happens. Things will get worse after it happens. Um, but I think that, you know, the tide of history is inevitable. Um, you might disagree and with that. I, 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 think I, I think we do disagree on this. I think that the Republicans are a very capable political party. I think they're very capable. I think that their not. base is shrinking. I mean, I would hope so. Yeah. Well, again, then again, the, exactly. As much as I cringe to hear uh, uh, Nancy Pelosi say America needs a strong Republican Party, uh, having a one-party state is better than is not as is is worse than having a one-party state with two parties like America does. Yeah. Um. Okay, so let's let's go to number three. So this is the one you will have this heard is, in the cold open. Uh, th this is the one that I was posting about when it first got announced because it literally sounds like something I'd say on here. It sounds like, oh, haha, ha, wouldn't it be kind of funny if the if the Biden um, Secretary of Defense pick was liter was a board member on a on like a, a fucking arms manufacturer? And lo and behold, Lloyd Austin, who I believe is a general, yep, general. in the U.S. I want to say U.S. Army. Yep. So the guys that just cannot get enough of their fucking M1 Abrams, mm. like the military is, the army has repeatedly said, guys, we don't need Abrams for what we're doing. And the, the military industrial complex just keeps churning them out because if they stop making them, 
all that R&D money will have been wasted. Right. And they're making tank rounds to fight Russian tanks that, you know, if there were ever any war, it would just be over in 15 minutes with missiles. Like, right. it is the single, you know, I, I feel like I'm preaching to the choir here, but it is like the single most wasteful spent spending of U.S. money is specifically on R&D. Yeah. And so what and this is, is an this, R&D guy. So this, this guy, yeah, he goes from being a U.S. Army general to being on the board at fucking Raytheon. Again, literally sounds like a bit that I do on here. Like, oh, haha, wouldn't it be funny if there was a CIA agent running in transportation and a deficit hawk in the Treasury Secretary and a Raytheon board member on the Secretary of Defense? Oops. And someone, and 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 someone who believes that people over seven, who argues that se- people over seventy-five were not productive and that their lives are not willing, being on Biden's COVID team. Oh wait, that's all reality. Oops. Welcome to hell, everybody. <laughs> yeah. Okay. But so not only did he work for Raytheon, which I think kind of speaks for himself, you will have heard in the opening little cold open. This guy is just a shit general too, like a complete yeah. fail son. Because it. I, I don't know a ton about him, but he was in charge of the program to, I guess, kind of like what they did in Iraq, where they attempted to get the sort of law and order going again and sort of retrain their military to fight insurgency. Yes. But except it was retraining Syrians to fight uh, the Islamic State. And Bashar al-Assad. Yeah. So they started out, and like you heard in the cold open... It was, what, 3,000 people that they had? They, they tried to. They tried to train They 3, tried to train up to 3,000, with the plan being, okay, well, hopefully we can get a standing force of about 12,000, whether we have to call on the YPG. Um, you know, we, we wanted a force of 12,000 ready to fight. Well, the goal was to not call on the YPG because they intended to betray yeah, them anyways. They, they, don't, they don't like the YPG, but they, were, they, needed, they needed some sort of force, yeah, to fight the Islamic State fight Bashar al-Assad. Yeah, so they end up training about 60. Yeah, which already off to a great start. You get you you target training 3000, you train 60. 3000 as your quarter installment of your 12. Yeah. And then as of right One now, 200th of your goal. As of right now, or as of They have what? 6 guys? 4. Left? 4 or 5. 4 guys. <laughs> 4 or 5 of them left. are left. Like five hundred million dollar program. That is a hundred and twenty million dollars. These per fucking rebels. demons invade your country, fucking destabilize it, sell weapons to guys that are blowing up your houses, and then, you know, give you, uh, give you a gun and tell you to go fight them, and then you go out and die. Like that. That just seems like the shittiest yeah. possible way to. In- you know, besides getting, you know, it's probably better than getting fucking drone striked by them, but it seems to be the well, shittiest possible way to do business with the U.S. military-industrial complex. Or... Is being one of these foot soldiers that they're training. Or you could be uh, trained by the Turkish so that whenever they need you, they take you out of Syria so you don't even get to fight for what you believe in. They say, oh, go murder Christians in Armenia. Go murder people in Libya now. And you basically just act like a mercenary for the Turkish state. I mean, you could. It could be worse. Oh, it, it could be worse. I mean, specifically for dealing with the U.S. in that region. I guess so. Yeah. In terms of 
in terms of receiving or m weapons or money. I think that is probably the worst way to go about doing business with the And, US. of course, all these people. Like, it's important to remember that, like, Bashar al-Assad is secular. And the Syrian Democratic Forces, who are now enemies of the United States, are, by and large, secular. And the people that the rebels... I mean, obviously, there were actual Democrats in the beginning for, like, a month. But the main rebel forces against Bashar al-Assad make ISIS look like fucking moderates, right? Yeah. They are Saudi Arabia to ISIS's Jordan. Um, it's, it's, and the United States was giving these people guns. I mean, it's no wonder that, you know, Israel and America end up giving a billion dollars to the groups that end up forming ISIS because they just love giving weapons to ideological extremists because that's the best way to destabilize a state you don't like. It's not trying to say, oh, well, we're going to fight for moderate values. It's not, we're going to fight for democracy. No, it's because the people who are most willing to die for a cause are the people with an extreme cause. It's, we're going to achieve martyrdom. So... If, in the name yeah, of God. So if you if you give them a gun and point them in in you know the right direction, they'll because they're motivated by ideology, they'll just go and do it. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, and so you know you have the SDF who, you know, fight for national homeland. Um, you know the fact that the Kurds are occupying the Assyrian national homeland aside, um, but. Uh, and, you know, you have al-Assad, who's somewhat ideological, but is also just fighting for stability, and so his soldiers are somewhat ideological, and so you need ideological people to counter that. And so the easiest ideologues to find in the Middle East are going to be Islamic extremists. Yeah, and, you know, these, these, these demons, folks, they're demons, but they, they know what they're doing. Yep. It's not like he's... I don't. He's continuing the great American tradition of the pyramid scheme, and bringing it to Syria. When you fund a terrorist group to get rid of the terrorist group, that you fund it to get rid of the terrorist group, that you fund it to get rid of the terrorist group. No, 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 group. no. When you fund the freedom fighters to get rid of the terrorist group, that you funded to get rid of the terrorist. Right. Group. See. Right. The, right. The, these guys are on our side. For now. We're the ones giving them guns. <laughs> so we're, so we're the Taliban though. Well, yeah, exactly. Um, this podcast is dedicated to the brave Jaideen fighters of Afghanistan. <laughs> oh my god! But yeah, um, Lloyd Austin, really idiot. What else were we expect? What else? But what else were we expecting from a Biden presidency? Yeah, I mean, look, he's Biden in every way, completely beholden to the military-industrial complex and corporations in general, and stupid. He's a loser. Folks. He's a, like an action. He's a loser and a sucker. I just loved that. Oh, what was um, that Republican? I think he was a reverend or something that tweeted that Trump was going to black pill again. Assange. Yeah, because he was he was like Trump's reverend for a while or something like he that. He was like, "Hey, uh, Trump's going to pardon Julian Assange," and, and left Twitter, lost their minds for about an hour, and then the guy was like, "Oh, whoops, sorry, I had a bad source." That was such a black pill. <laughs> and didn't even delete the tweet. <laughs> yeah. 
Like fuck it. If you're gonna if you're gonna lie on the internet, just leave the tweets up. Le- pull a Kyle Kalinsky and just leave it all up out there. You know. <laughs> no, I'm just a simple country lawyer. <laughs> um. Okay. So next, uh, this guy's not a big appointment, but kind of notable. No, he he's so. He is actually named Ezekiel Emmanuel. Yeah. Actually. So Ezekiel is he, is it Ezekiel? I don't know, and I don't really care. I think it's pronounced Ezekiel. I could not give. But let. So he's a, a professor at the University of Pennsylvania, um, and he's also, I believe he's Rahm Emanuel's brother. Oh! Ooh. I th- I th- I'm going to look this guy up There's some relation there. Okay. Um, but, yeah, so Rahm Emanuel, um, I believe he was the Chicago mayor, yes. uh, covered up a murder, a police murder. Very, um, you know, he's, I like, he was a progressive at some point. Like, he's one of those... Sort of democratic drones. Yeah, he, he's he's a Warren guy. He, I would say ideologically, I don't know where like where his endorsement went in the primary, but yeah, definitely a, a sort of Warrenite. Um, and so, yeah, Ezekiel Emanuel. I be, yeah, I think his brother uh, wrote an op-ed. I want to say in May or June. You're right, by the way. About how the lives of <gasps> those over seventy-five are not productive. And he, he lists Wait, stop, 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 one second. I just have to put in here that this guy's father and the father of Rahm Emanuel as well, obviously, um, was that, uh, was, was a member of Ergon, which was, uh, a Zionist terror group, uh, in the British Mandate of Palestine between 1931 and 1948, which, uh, not only wanted to establish, uh, a state of Israel, um, but... Uh, it wanted Israel to expand into Jordan, and they wanted to kill all the Arabs there. Very interesting. And they collaborated with Leahy. If you've never heard of Leahy, they were, I kid wait, you wait, not, unironic wait, wait. Jewish Nazis. Wait, Leahy as in, like, the trailer park supervisor? Perhaps. L-E-H-I. What the, fu- what the fuck was he doing? At Actual, Leahy? like, Jewish Nazis, known pejoratively as the Stern Gang. Uh, their, le- their leader's name was Stern. Uh, they also wanted to do that, and their leader several times tried to contact Adolf Hitler uh, to suggest that instead of um, doing the Holocaust, he should just deport all of the European Jews uh, to the British Mandate of Palestine, uh, where uh, they would use them to create a fascist state and uh, but, murder all the Arabs. So Hitler obviously left him on red. But anyways, back back to Ezekiel Emanuel. Yeah, he wrote an op-ed arguing that the lives of people over seventy-five was not productive and that they weren't lives worth living. Keep in mind, this is when COVID nineteen is fucking ravaging the United States. This was the first peak of COVID because we're now obviously in the second peak. Yeah, but this was the first peak. This was when it was, you know, literally inescapable. It was everywhere, and he wrote an op-ed about how you know. These older people, they just spend their time, you know, hiking and, you know, they're not, they're not being productive, which what you'd rather them work as fucking Walmart door greeters than go hiking with their grandkids. Like what the fuck is wrong with you? Yeah. But of course, would it surprise you to find out that he's on Biden's COVID response? By the way, he is widely hated by people's hero, Sarah Palin over this position. I mean, a look, a broken clock is right twice. No, a day. Sarah Palin is incredible. 
Did you see her? She... Did you see her singing "Baby Got Back"? Yeah. No, no, that's that's what that's I think. the twice. That's the two things. She is she is unhinged, and I think I could fix her given the opportunity. Right. I think I could radicalize her in the right direction. Right. And by that I mean the left direction. I think I think I could fix Sarah Palin. Okay. Okay. Fair enough. This fair will enough. be. This is the larger ideological project of Juno Beach Podcast going forward. I will be attempting to radicalize Sarah Palin. Uh, she's not yet responded to any of my Twitter DMs. Um, so I'm looking on, you know, the dark web or whatever for her phone number. And I think if we can set up some sort of interview, maybe over Zoom, um, maybe one-on-one, just, you know, Malcolm, you don't have to get involved. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fair enough. Like, I, think, I feel like I, there's one I or two think... people who we would each do a solo interview with for Juno. <laughs> I, I, so I, I think, um, you know, Sarah Palin, if you, if you, if you hear this, uh, hit me up. Um, what's your ad free... on Twitter? Uh, my ad is uh, at concussed commie, but don't worry, it's just a joke. Uh, I'm not actually a communist, haha. Um, it's just a little funny that me and my friends play. Uh, yeah, hit me up. Uh, let's let's work this out. Yeah. Um, Jesus, and... dude. <laughs> oh my god. I need help. <laughs> you really do. But... <laughs> I don't even so... look. I've done worse so... bits. I've done worse bits. It's so... okay. So on to. The Secretary of Housing and Urban Development. <laughs> this one's this one's quite this something. This one's cool. So, Marsha Fudge. We don't again. We don't know a lot about Marsha Fudge. She's again just a. Sort if of I'd done the research, party. I probably could have found something she'd done. Yeah, but it. we've already found. We we didn't have to dig very deep to find something very questionable that Marsha Fudge has done, which is. Write a letter asking for leniency in the sentencing of Judge Lance Mason on domestic abuse charges against his ex-wife. Fudge described Mason as kind and wrote that Lance has assured me that something like this will never happen again. Mason subsequently attacked and killed his now ex-wife in 2018, stabbing her 59 times. After the attack, Fudge released a statement saying she condemned the crimes committed by Mason. She said her support for Mason in 2015 was based on the person she knew for almost 30 years, writing that the person who committed these crimes is not the Lance Mason familiar to me. Genuinely awful person. How the fuck do you write to a judge and ask for leniency? In a domestic abuse case. Not... That's Brock Turner energy. asking, Asking for leniency. Like, yeah, they did it, but be nice to them. They were nice to me. And you know what happened that when is, the guy got leniency and was let out after nine months? He killed he his... fucking killed his wife. In front of their kids, by the way. Um, yeah, if I was Marsha Fudge, I would simply not show my face in public ever again. Like, how do you... How do you achieve a position of power after that? You you fucking vouch for a guy on his domestic abuse charges, and three years later he goes out and kills his wife. How do you have any sort of public life after that? It's the magic of the Democratic Party, where you only fail upwards. You can only fail upwards. This isn't even failing upwards. This is just downright being a terrible person. Yeah, but you know what? She's now the Secretary of Housing and Urban Development. Woo. Ugh. It's but it's, it's horrible. There is some good news. Because 
As Marsha Fudge gets appointed, her seat empties. And her seat is in Ohio. And of course, there is a specific figure from Ohio who we haven't talked about much in the podcast, but we do like. And that, of course, is Nina Turner. And today, it was... Folks, we love her. She filed a little bit ago, but today, she officially announced that she would be running for Fudge's seat in Ohio. Uh, of course, we do need someone to cheer for another Tulsi's out. Yeah. Um, in case anyone hadn't heard, um, I believe this is a sensitive topic for Malcolm, so I will take over <laughs> on discussing this. Um, Tulsi Gabbard recently um, is championing a bill that would ban transgender athletes from competing in the, you know, in... Federally genders. funded women's sports. Federally funded women's sports. So trans women would be banned from participating in yeah any any sports league that's received Tulsi Gabbard the supposed social libertarian on her way to make exactly. government legislation to stop like 50 people from playing sports Yeah I mean you really you can't root for anyone It's just I know it's just so weird to me First of all like it's bizarre that somebody with a 100% voting rights record uh and somebody who for example is personally pro life but politically pro choice because she doesn't think that the government should legislate what a woman does with her own body. Yeah, now wants to legislate pro, what a woman pro, does with her own body, except this time it's medicine. That is pro-choice. That, right, that is pro-choice. Yeah. That is, I don't want one, you can have one. Yeah. She's a pro-choice politician, regardless of how she personally feels about it. And yeah, claiming to be a social libertarian, and yeah, instituting this legislature, like it... We really cannot have shit. Hillary Clinton must have her parents or something. I swear. Like, this just makes no sense. Tulsi Gabbard, we refuse to interact with your clone. Genuinely. She Tulsi, been, if you if you cloned. hear this, and they, Tulsi, she not, has not your parents. Clone, not lizard clone Tulsi. If I ever find out, just know that I, I, like, I'm preemptively forgiven you. But if if that's not the case, like, I, I, I really don't know, like... I feel like because the Democratic Party hates her so much, she just hangs out with Republicans. And, like, she only hangs out with Republicans now. And it's really... She just doesn't have good political instincts, because, like, even if she was going to do something as she leaves Congress to, like, further her career and pander in a way that she doesn't actually believe in, if she actually had good political instincts, she'd pander to her left. Because it's... She doesn't actually have that many right-wing supporters it's just right-wing supporters being like i would vote for you if you were a republican or you're the one good democrat and so for her to alienate large parts of her left-wing base large parts of her young base and large part and her entire basically lgbtq plus base is just weird anyways it's just sad it was look all i'm saying is the the group chat that we have with one of our friends and and your two hosts here was it a bit of a shambles yeah yeah um okay well go nina turner at least yeah um and then finally we can we can touch on this aoc pelosi thing it just it i don't fucking get it you don't get it like you just you need to what figure out what politicians would vote for for medicare for all is that is that the whole purpose of this house vote that everyone So okay for? so basically there's going to be have to be a vote to reconfirm Nancy Pelosi as speaker of the house right 
And so yeah. because the House majority that the Democrats have is now so tiny, uh, the, the AOC clique could, if they wanted to, uh, voting with the Republicans against Pelosi, um, stop her from becoming Speaker of the House. Uh, and so the idea is that they would basically say, table a vote on Medicare for all, or we vote against you. And AOC has said that she didn't want to do that. And this sort of, so it was suggested by this guy, Jimmy, Jimmy Dore, Jimmy Duray, I don't know. Um, who's like a comedian, political commentator. I don't know. I don't watch him. Um, who is a Tulsi fan and agrees with Joe Rogan and I guess Tulsi on women in sports, trans women in sports, and kind of a little bit reactionary in some ways, but somewhat on the left. Um, and the debate has become less about whether AOC should do it or not, but his character. And so it's just, it's really weird to see leftists talking about now is not the time. And because AOC said she wouldn't do it, and like people are defending her for that, and I think it's weird. Yeah. And it's kind of sad that AOC's. Because she could do it. Like, this is, first of all, this is why proportional representation is a stupid idea. <laughs> but, uh, because this shit can happen. But. AOC has the chance to basically wield all the power in the house if she wants to. And she's passing it up to curry favor with Pelosi. But if she didn't like if she if she got her click to vote against Pelosi, then she wouldn't need to curry favor with Pelosi because Pelosi would be out. Yeah. So, I just don't I don't get it. Like what's what's the the strategy here? beyond further entrench herself along democratic partisan lines. Um, which is really sad to see as one of her very first supporters before she even got national attention. Yeah, it's... So. Again, like I said, we really can't have shit. Yeah. It just, but it it seems like just a bit of a media circus, like the Jill Biden thing. You know, it just, it just... We're probably not going to be talking about this next week because there's going to be some other because we've now you know the focus I, I think for our american voters especially if we or listeners if we have any in georgia god help you your your phones are fucking blowing up you're not obligated to vote for either democrat if you don't want to yeah it like it doesn't you, matter that the senate's in the balance you're not obligated to vote for somebody you don't like if you're a georgian I know that about 40% of you are Americans. And and John Ossoff, you know, being like, yes, I'm actually against everything that's good. And, uh, you know. Yeah. Point blank getting asked if he supports Medicare for nope. all or defunding the police. And just, nope. Nope. I actually don't like good things. So if you are. If you don't, if you don't, if you believe that we should defund or, you know, abolish the police and that Medicare is actually a human right. And not in the Democrat healthcare as a human right, so we're gonna try and make, make it cheaper it for you to, yeah, make it for we're gonna make it cheaper for the we're gonna subsidize insurance payments, right? That's if you believe that you know everyone should have healthcare, you don't have to vote for John Ossoff or, or Raphael Warnock. You you don't have to vote. And for if you just don't like Democrats, if you if you feel like, you know. 
Like, if you feel like maybe someone like Warnock comes from a radical legacy, which you like, but you just don't like the Democratic Party, you don't have to. But if you do, then you can vote for them if you want. Just don't yeah. don't let the person texting you uh, making up a fake name so that they can text you about who you should vote for sway you. If you think it would be funny to vote for to, for a Republican, it's probably a bad idea. That's all I'll say. It's probably a bad yeah. idea. But you know what? I genuinely probably, do not you care. You shouldn't vote because Kelly Loeffler is funny, hilariously non-charismatic. She is. She has some. Do you remember from the debate when someone managed to grab four different screen caps of her face from different points in time in the debate, and they were literally like almost pixel for pixel the exact same? Truly incredible. She has. She's and she is the richest. Like she, she just straight up did insider trading based off of COVID insider information. So did um, forget me not, uh, Feinstein. <laughs> <laughs> did you, did you read about Feinstein? Oh, that is that is. I, she I really, she okay, look, as, dear viewer. It might be funny, but it is, it is very sad to read about anyone in that state. It is sad. It is, but it's also think about the position of a men's power she's in. She will receive a briefing and then a few minutes later forget that she's received the briefing and then yell at her assistants for not briefing her. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I've... I've dementia know, is scary. Dementia is, is probably the most terrifying existence I can think of. So yeah. I, I, I don't necessarily want to lay on, you know, Diane Feinstein, who's what, like 91 no, she's not that old. She's like eighty-seven, but like. But she's fucking old. Yeah. I, and I, I think that you know, despite the immense position of power that she has, I still feel like that's punching down. And it is, but at the same time, you know, FDR wasn't even president when she was born, and she should not be in power. And so, yes, I wish her a fulfilling rest of her life, but I also wish her a fulfilling rest of her life. I wish. Of, somewhere as else as far from politics as possible yeah yep um so i think that's all we have today i think yeah i think that's all we've got um didn't run quite as long as our ice cream episode but i think that's, that's fine okay <laughs> and i think until next week where we might have a little movie review for you guys we'll we'll figure that out i think until next week i've been declan i've been malcolm this has been your Juno. Thank you so much for listening.